0: The following is a presentation of the Speedsport Podcast Network.
1: This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bike from
2: the Speedsport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass. Here's your host, Kyle Armstrong. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speedsport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong back with adam logan in the studio long off of a trip to florida and everywhere else and uh, glad to have him back in here this week and we're going to talk on the uh andy's toe and phone lines here in a little bit with chris ferguson who just co- who's coming off of a uh big time twenty thousand dollar win yesterday at the uh cherokee speedway for the southern all-stars ginger owens memorial march madness race and and can't wait to hear what he's got to say about that so before we get to that what's been going on with you here adam sure. Everything. It's been
0: a. It's been a busy. I'd say the last couple of months has been real busy for uh, for myself. Uh, went down with everything at work, getting thing, getting everybody ready for race seasons, You know, it's pretty busy around the shop, getting everybody's stuff serviced up and getting them new shocks sent out. So, been busy with that, and then going down to speed weeks for. I think I was down there for about three weeks doing the whole speed week deal. So, it was. Uh, Fun, but long.
2: Yeah, I was getting. That was going to be my next question. Did you have any fun, or was it just work, work, no, work, work, work? work?
0: I, I got to do uh some fun things, but it was it was a lot of work, a lot of work. By the time, I mean, you know, we, you know, it's just it's almost like you got a race car there. You know, you get there early, and then you know you just go around. I'd walk around, talk to everybody, what happened the night before, see if see if we needed to change anything for them, and then you know you sit there all night and you know i i stay and watch the races to you know see what those guys are you know if they're fighting anything maybe you maybe can help them out with the next day or anything like that so i got to have a fun couple nights we the last night of tampa of east bay when it got rained out me and um, lee our our shock technician goes on the road me and him went to supercross
2: i did too we got to
0: got to go hang out and Watch that he ain't never been, so I got to show him, you know, the Supercross deal, and it, that was that was pretty cool. He because he never been. We're sitting there, we're probably it was probably ten minutes before the deal, and he's like, "Well, what what happens?" I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Oh, well, what's about to happen?" He said seeing smoke out of the middle. Smoke and, and, and lasers, and I said, and Just fireworks. Wait. And as soon as I said "just wait," boom, all the lights went out, lasers start going off, the guys are like, "Are you ready?" He's screaming, he's like. And they do the whole pre-race and opening ceremonies like, dude, that's badass. I'll go, yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. So got to do that one night. And then, of course, you get over to, you know, get over to Daytona and get to go out a couple nights. That's, that's always fun.
2: Yeah, we went to Tampa for East Bay, and I got to go to Supercross, too. And that was the plan all along. We were not even going to go to really? the East Bay on Saturday night. Yeah. Our plan was to go to see Supercross yeah. at, at Tampa because that was – felt like that was a yeah. rare chance to get to be in the same town as Supercross on a weekend like that. And, yeah. and and I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever you want to say, Lucas Oil Race got rained out. So, yep. naturally, that's where everybody did yeah, go. Everybody went there, yeah. I saw a lot of dirt lake model races too. there. Yeah, Brian was... Shirley was sitting in the section next to us, and Tyler Herb, and Randall Edwards, and... And Randall Edwards looked like he got a phone call there at one point and got up and got up a seat for a while. And, I wonder what you know, that was. About. Uh, he just switched jobs, so I don't know <laughs> if that was the phone call or not. But anyway, yeah, uh, it
0: was uh, it was a fun night and got to do. You know, I was I was up the fin- You know, I was up on the fence about you know because I was there for you know you know five days of of the East Bay deal, but you know we, should, we our guy struggled a little bit at East Bay as far as on the Bill Stein side of things. So I, I was like. Towards you know Thursday, I was like, man, I'm just gonna. I think I need to stay here and help these guys out. But it it all worked out. You know, it rained out, and we were able to go have a little fun that night, and then got over to Volusia. And then I was really busy at Volusia. Every, the morning times, I'd go over to New Smyrna to the asphalt track and go check in on that and try and try and grow a business on that side. Then I always ended up at the dirt track at night. So that was a uh, pretty uh, pretty good speed weeks. Was some good racing. East Bay was not the greatest, but it is what it is. But Volusia, man, that that I, something about Volusia. I think that's to me that's one of my favorite tracks of all the Speed Weeks. and uh, it it put on some good racing this year. Yeah, it produced. But, they man, had some great racing there. The Hudson
2: O'Neill coming from the back to win that night, and a lot of good, a lot of good racing down lot,
0: there. A lot of good racing. So, um, but yeah, I've just been busy with that, and then getting back from from Florida just. Some things at work you know just getting everybody you know that was that now start racing you know that are getting ready to go so taking care of some stuff there and now it's uh now
2: it's race season it is race season this past weekend i had the chance to go to hickory you went to hickory too i went
0: to i went to hickory yeah we hickory went saturday
2: gaffney yep. sunday uh hickory was a pretty decent show but man yep. they really drug it out they had a had way too many. Oh. A lot of downtime, uh, knocking the tires down there in turn one, tires rolling all over the place. and I've ain't. i I've
0: been going there for about two years now since moving down here. and I ain't never seen nobody hit tires, and then one night you know, it's like they were <laughs> magnets. I mean, everybody just ended up in the tires and going into turn one there. So, yeah, and it's, you know, I was, it's one of those things and I know our buddy Michael Rigsby has always kind of preached this, and with him starting his series up, he kind of, you know, limits the amount of classes that you have. And I get it, it's opening night. You know, you want to start the year off with, you know, kind of a a bang. But, my God, they had, you know, they had late models, limiteds. They had pros, pro-modifieds, you know, street stocks. And it's just, I mean, the, well, the place was, I mean, the pits were packed. They had people parked out in the...
2: The grandstands were packed. The line was long to get in to buy a ticket all night. They had they
0: had race cars parked out in the parking lot. Yeah, you know, pitting out there. But I mean, they, I mean, they did. I mean, it, you can't help people wrecking and stuff like that. So what kind of drug it out. But it was, um, it was just, it was nice to be back at the racetrack after you know. I spent all month down in in Florida, but you know, a couple of weeks, and I'm like, man, I got the itch again. Let's 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 yeah. go back racing. We, we went so. up there, had
2: a good time. And my complaint too about that. And I mean, it don't really matter. They're not even going to hear this anyway, or whatever. It, probably wouldn't want them to hear it. But <laughs> um, but they said they were going to start racing at six o'clock. And I'm looking at my watch, and it's like 6.45, and they're yeah. just starting to get lined up. Usually whenever it says 6 o'clock and you're in an asphalt track, 6 o'clock means 6 o'clock. So they were behind from the, yeah, they from were, the jump. Yeah, they
0: were behind. I think we got we got delayed. You always got to watch Hickory, too. They got a um, cemetery right next to them. So that usually comes. That might have been
2: why. I think, might, I think they might have had a funeral. They had a on.
0: funeral. I think we had to. Had to postpone a couple practice sessions and and qualifying and stuff like that because of a funeral. But you know, you're right. Sometimes, you know, when they you know usually on asphalt when they say six o'clock, usually six o'clock. But sometimes it's out of their hands. So I'm I'm not gonna beat them up too much over that part of it. Just. I said, maybe next time let's not have every division in North Carolina come racing. (laughs) But, but now it was a good cold night there, and then, like I said, me and you both were there, and then you know we never crossed
2: paths this weekend. I didn't even know you were at either one of those until we got in here.
0: Yeah, I was. I wasn't gonna go to Cherokee, but then I had a couple customers that brought in some some shocks on during the week, and we just didn't have time to get them done and back to them. So I knew they were racing on Sunday. So um, I figured, well, I'll just ride down, drop this stuff off for them. And then, so, and, and we, you know, a lot of our customers were there and, and, you know, Mike Marler doing his deal this year with that little driver development program We're we're kind of a part of that. So wanted to go down there and support that, you know, Carson Brown and his first little crate race. So that was pretty cool to see a young racer like that uh, get, uh, get initiated at, at Cherokee on a on a su- Sunday afternoon. So but it was uh like I said it was good good to be back at the racetrack and yesterday was just a perfect day. I mean It was he, a beautiful day. I mean, you he couldn't have asked couldn't, for a better day. No, that was I was like, That was a
2: Chamber of Commerce day. No, I
0: there, yeah, I was there. I was like, you know, as much as I didn't want to come, what was else I do? I wasn't going to sit in the house all day. And so, well, yeah. that was me
2: too. I, I I probably got laundry to do and everything, but maybe I could do <laughs> that can do it. I can wait. I can do it this night. This yeah, one night it, this week. You but can do I, it tonight. But I uh, but I just I put off doing things like that, and I, man, I just wasn't going to miss it. It's no. so close to the house and. And and I'm so glad I went because we got to see Chris Ferguson yeah, that was, that was pick good. up his win, his first win of the year and of course we're having him on the podcast here coming right up. But and then of course all the action between Brandon Overton and Chris <laughs> Madden. Was, and we'll talk about that with Chris Ferguson and get his perspective on it. So that we won't deal go I mean to it too much.
0: I think it, it it's cool. Everybody loves to see a fight, you know. I was it was actually funny I was the night before, um, sitting down there. In, in the infield at Hickory and I went and talked to a buddy of mine. I was like, man, I just want to see a fight. You know, we were, we wrecked out. So we weren't racing, you know, usually the street stocks or something like that. Always somebody gets amped up. And so I was like, man, I I just want to see a fight. Didn't see one. And I just had to wait 24 hours. (laughs) But, (laughs) but yeah, that whole deal between Overton and and Madden, you know, everybody's got their opinions. It's just, I think so. One guy just blew up and he probably should have sat back and why I know everybody, you know, with nowadays we have, you know, cameras at every racetrack. We we're you know, we got live on flow or speed sport or whatever's out there. So I got plenty of opportunity for people to sit there and
2: sit there and keep hey, on warrior. Let, let,
0: let's let's before you, I don't know, you know, heat of the moment, you know, you're pissed. You probably had a chance to win, and then something like that happens, and you think it's somebody else, but I don't know. My my whole take on it was the guy that blew a tire gets pissed off for him blowing a tire and takes it out somebody else. You know, to me, that's, that's not good. You know what I mean? It just shows kind that's of – It kind of shows true character who you are, you know what I mean? Like that, that – I mean, no – I was there. I was in the infield, watched it all, un- you know, unfold, and you know, to me, Overton didn't, you know, did nothing wrong. I mean, it's a no, restart, didn't think you, did you know, It was in. We're at Cherokee. It's a Sunday. It's a day race. We're everybody's already having tire issues, you know, popping tires. It's just, it's just, the way that tra- you know, is how that race plays out. That's how that track is in that condition. So I mean, in the back of your head, you got to know, hey. It's, it's a possibility. I could have blew a tire. And that's what he did. He blew a tire and it shoved him up the racetrack and Overton was there. He had nowhere to go. And then I guess he thought it was Overton's fault. But, you know, it was exciting there for a minute. We, I was down in the infield when, it, you know, they both – you know, they parked on the front straightaway, and then Madden drove drove across Overton's nose, and they both go off. And I, you can't see. When the only
2: thing they should have did different was get out of their car at the flag stand they and start have. fighting right there in front of everybody. That would have been better. Yeah,
0: he should have. <laughs> That'd have been awesome if he did that. You know, <laughs> but you know, that at at Gaffney, and you're in the infield. Like the pits are above you, so you can't see out. And you know, you're sitting there and like. What? What the hell you're happened? You're not supposed to cross the track either. You're not supposed to cross the track, so you can't go out there and see what's happening. And all I could hear was the announcer, the uh, oh, Wayne Keith. We, we got somebody in handcuffs, and everybody just look up, and the whole front straightaway is looking to turn one, and you're like, oh, something's going on there. So it was
2: uh, pretty crazy.
0: The, and I almost, for a split second, decided I was going to watch the race from outside, and I was like, nah, I'll just go to the NCAA. That's
2: not the first time, though, that we've ever seen somebody wind up in handcuffs at Cherokee Speedway, and that's why it's called The Place Your Mama Warned You About. <laughs> he, didn't, he
0: didn't get arrested. Yeah, day. I just think it was for show, but uh, still. But, yeah, but <laughs> you you had it all yesterday. You, it was an exciting race as far as, you know, blowing tires and... Strategies and then you got to fight and all that. It was, it was the funny.
2: place was absolutely packed. Yes, and everybody saw. I mean, it, the first half of the race wasn't hitting on much. I was sort of questioning my ch- choice to go down there first half of that race. And then I was like, "Man, this gets exciting here." Yeah, yeah, it's, and yeah. so glad to see Chris win and all that. So
0: yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, his he uh, he drove a, a smart race. I'll say you know he his car was good, um, but he knew what he needed to he knew how to drive the race, you know, and put himself in the position that led to him winning, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of that whole race, you have to, you have to manage, you know, um, normally they're a hunter lappers, So, um, I think that was, it, it was crazy to me because usually, you know, when they run the hunter lap, you know, March Madness or, or blue gray, usually that stuff happens around lap 75.
2: um, about
0: that's that time. what was
2: bizarre to me is like but 35 I, laps into it but i think seeing the big dogs blow tires i think this
0: is me everybody knew it's 50 laps so you know 100 laps you know oh it's rubbered up I'm, I'm gonna have to really baby my tires and baby my equipment i think yesterday they figured oh it's 50 laps we can normally make 50 laps right pretty easy so i think maybe they went drove a little bit harder than they should have i think Ferguson had the right mindset of, hey, let's 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 just ride, let's let's keep my tires under me, let's keep my equipment you know, straight and and at that time I believe you know, he, when it needs to I believe he had up. a
2: seventy on the right rear and they were just pedaling it all yeah. day, saving it. Yeah. And and I touched that tire and looked at it at the end of the race and it looked like maybe another ten, fifteen laps he could have got out of it. So yeah. that was impressive for seeing all those guys yeah. fall to the wayside.
0: Yeah. Um but pretty cool for um Chris to win, and then his, his cousin finished second. And they had a they had a pretty good little battle there for, you know, for the lead right there with, you know, two laps to go for. <laughs> I want to
2: give a big-time shout-out to Caleb Gay for finishing third. Yeah, I did. And the X car, I didn't even know who he was. I've never seen that car, never, never heard of him, never heard nothing. of him. And, and it's and his second super late model race. and he, started, he from? He started, I heard earlier today somebody said it, but I cannot. I can't remember right now, but he started twenty fifth and finished third and and if you and if you looked at you know, watching the race there, he was not even a factor at all. And he he didn't really I mean, he probably wasn't gonna win the race, but out of nowhere he put it into the top three and that was that's, Man, that's, if they had like Vegas odds on it or something, <laughs> like somebody would have made a fortune on that deal. But. Yeah, that's
0: that's the way them them, you know, Marsh Madness and and Blue Gray play out. You know, you get those guys that just you know, either either they have trouble early and they come in and get new tires before everybody else or, or you know, the way things work out that you can get surprised racers that get either contend for a win get a top 3 or you know a decent finish out of a could Be a crappy night, and Dylan whatever.
2: Brown out of Gaffney finished fourth, mm-hmm. hometown driver, and yep. making a rare super late model start for him. Hope to see him do some more stuff. And yeah, he was, and uh, and then Ryan Gustin rode around in the back all day and wound up finishing fifth. So it was a pretty wild uh outcome there,
0: yes, it was. Um,
2: I want to talk, we gotta I want to get to uh, the interview here with Chris Ferguson pretty quick, but I I just want to give a little just what did you think about what happened there at Sonoya Raceway on Saturday night? That was kind of sad, really.
0: Man, that's it's. <sighs> You never want to – you never want to see a track like that. Um, you know, and, and a lot of things, it, it's, it's out of your control. You know, you, it's – you get rain. Um, you know, when it's raining on race day, people understand, hey, you, you, you cancel. But, you know, it rains all week, and then, you know, the day of the race, it's it's nice. You know, there's no chance of rain. You can race, and you, you feel like you should – because I think you're, you're putting a, in a bad situation there. If you cancel it, people are going to get on the internet and, you know, whine. Oh, you could have white Why are you canceling? You know, you know run their mouths. But now you erase the race and people run their mouths. How bad it was. You know, they kind of you get put in a, a bad spot there. Um, being on my end of it, as far as when I was a crew member and raced all the time, I don't fault those guys for for doing what they, you know, packing up and leaving. You know these these race cars aren't cheap. All these parts are, are expensive to put on the race, uh, you know, to replace. And you know it's it's one of those deals. I mean, you just gotta you got out you got to weigh your odds there. I mean, do you want to go out there and and tear your equipment up? You know. You, know, you look at you look at Ashton. I mean, he took the lead and was racing out there and also the
2: way over his head. You know, but in, in a,
0: but in a on a track like that, you you have to kind of drive over your head and it bit him. You know, he junked a race car. Um, second and third, you know, at at the end, you know, second place car breaks and third place car
2: ran you know, crashes into him limps and, across and the finish line, Ross Bells finished second. Yeah. Will Harrington was the only car that really finished the race. You know, and no, and so, there wasn't nobody there that didn't have damage that started that field.
0: So it's you know, like I said, I don't, I don't fault the drivers for you know just stepping back and like, hey man, this, this stuff's expensive. I don't need to tear my race car up. I, I want to go on and either you know they had a race you know the day after a lot of them were going to, and then there's there's some guys that were planning on going to, to Gaffney the day after, and they didn't because they tore their equipment up. You know, so yeah, it's like I said, I I, I, I don't bash racetracks tracks in, in that type of way. You know what I mean? Um, it's just like I said, they were put in a bad spot and they they did what they thought was the best for them, and it just didn't didn't work out. And, and normally, is a great racing surface. It's just like I said when. When Mother Nature's got her hand in it, sometimes it's a it's a crapshoot whether it's gonna be good or bad. And then that night it was bad, but they'll get everything back together. And that, like I said, that's still one of the raciest places in the country. So
2: yeah, I want to mention too. I uh, yesterday down at Cherokee Speedway, I got the I called up with uh, Tony Ferguson a, f- a few minutes in the pits there, which is Carson Ferguson's dad. And They mm-hmm. were down there running that race. And they didn't want to race it either. They didn't want to load up, but they're also trying to defend their title on mm, the yeah. spring nationals tour. So they were put in a bad spot. They yeah. had to start the race to get their points. So they start. So Tony told me that, well, bef- before the race, Tony went up to Ray Cook and told Ray, man, you got to cut this thing to 25 laps. These cars won't make it. Yeah. And Ray was firm on, no, nah, we're going to run 53 laps, which was the scheduled distance. Well, Carson goes out there and just rides around and, and makes about 10 laps and pulls in to save his equipment. Obviously, he ran second the next day at Gaffney, so that was a smart idea to do. Um, but right after Ashton Winger put it in the wall, they Carson the goes back out and runs a few more laps to, to pass a few more cars that were out. Then, under that caution, they made the announcement over the uh receiver to let the drivers vote on it if they wanted to cut the laps to 35. Yep. Which Tony had already told Ray to cut it to 25 and in the middle of that race sure enough they cut it to 35 so they can so Will Harrington was the only car that finished all 35 laps really but I mean a couple I mean couple other, on the lead lap, I should say. And then Ross Bales limped across the line. Yeah. That was a large margin of victory. It was almost <laughs> as large of a margin as when Ricky Thornton won that race there last uh, in November.
0: We, we talked about that. He was 47 seconds behind. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's got to be the biggest win ever <laughs> without being a lap down. Yeah. You know what I mean? you were 47 seconds behind on a track that's probably, what, 14, 15 second lap? You know, and he's 47 second lap, but he wasn't a lap down. So it was, that was a crazy, so bizarre, crazy, crazy race. But, you know, like I said, you can't, Mother Nature, you can't, can't predict what she's going to do. And, and I'm sure they felt like they did everything they could do to get the track right. And I'm sure they did everything they could do that day. But it just, you get high powered race cars out there and just starts coming up. And then next thing you know, you got to, demo derby i don't think that. it was that
2: rough when we were at tampa for supercross no <laughs> no
0: and that I, I was i was nervous about that and i had a couple guys they were you know they were like you know i told them to you know text me when y'all go up there and we'll all go together and they ended up not you know calling me and i was like ah, i'll just we'll just go so we just went up there and they were they were worried about because you know east bay rained out because there was i mean it it rained that night But it didn't rain as much as you thought it was. I was a, I was like, man, it's gonna be a mudder and people, it's not gonna be, you know, they're not gonna be able to hit the jumps like they're supposed to. It was actually a really good
2: show. They kept the track in good shape there that whole night at Tampa. We're talking about
0: good job at you know keeping the track together and and what rain we did get, maybe five ten minutes at a time, and it wasn't it wasn't a complete downpour, so they're able to you know kind of keep some moisture in the track, and it didn't completely tear up the track and it was actually I mean some good races. That 250 come down to the last corner, you know, that was that was exciting. And then like the four fifty was a was a good race. So
2: it was We saw we got our money's worth on that deal that night. Um one more thing here before we send it over to the interview with Chris Ferguson. Um Swainsboro Friday night. We've done talked about him. Brandon Overton won that race. Yeah that sort of fell under the radar the broadcast didn't go live. No. I won't say much yeah. about that, but I looked forward to watching it all week. And then they had some technical difficulties down there, but I haven't really even seen the highlights or nothing yet. I haven't watched it.
0: I watched it because um, with uh, me working at Bill C, You know, we've got a good relationship with Longhorn and their, um, their modified house car driver, Ethan Dotson, was making his late model uh debut that night and I was you know, Langston come by the shop and he was like I asked him if he was going down there. He's like, No, it's, it's gonna be on you know, they're gonna show it on the internet. I'm just gonna sit back and watch it. So I was looking forward to watching it online and, and seeing how he did, but of course you know technical difficulties but I watched the highlights of it and, you know, it's just I think that place and it just rubbers up, it's just the yeah. way it is. Um but it wasn't wasn't that exciting a race once once over ten, he was able to blast the cushion for a couple laps and get around um see right there and then once he got out in the in the lead he, he checked out. So I don't know. They from everybody I've been there in the past, long time ago. And uh from what everybody's telling me, the guy who has purchased the place has done a great job of getting the facilities, you know, up to date and so it's a nice you know nice grandstands nice pitter and everything just i wish he just work on the track just a little bit
2: yeah hey yeah uh, it's been about 10 years since i've been there but i do remember that being a nice place and congratulations yeah. to brandon overton yeah. winning that race for sure and i uh I'll uh, I'll say this here while we're on here. I I actually try. I called Brandon Overton earlier today. He didn't answer my phone call, and then he's got a voicemail box that's not been set up. So Brandon, if you're listening to this, set your voicemail up and return my call, and maybe we'll get you on this podcast here pretty soon. A yeah. lot of people would like to would have liked to have heard what you would have had to say about uh, what happened at Cherokee. I'm sure
0: he's he's got his, his opinion on that. I didn't get the I didn't get to talk to him after a race. I didn't I didn't want to poke the bear or anything i just let it
2: be yeah so. let it be so brandon if you're listening to this we'd like to have you on the podcast again
0: yeah. kyle says set your mailbox up
2: <laughs> all right well uh yeah let's uh let's let's go ahead and take a quick break here and on the other side of the break we'll come back and talk to yesterday's winner at cherokee speedway chris ferguson this is the forward bike podcast stay tuned welcome back to the forward bike podcast we're here on the andy's towing hotline today we've got the big march madness winner from cherokee speedway yesterday chris ferguson on the uh, on the hotline today chris how's it going today
1: i'm doing extra good today man how about
2: you Man, we're doing good that was uh that was pretty cool to be there yesterday and see you see you get the monkey off your back in that race so to speak and uh, i had to be had to feel good to do that. I mean, you had it won last year and had the flat and all that. We'll talk a little bit about that as we go, but it it was pretty uh, pretty cool. I know it meant a lot to you, especially with it being the Ginger Owens Memorial. She was close to you and your family, and that uh, was a pretty neat uh, pretty neat accomplishment.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. It was uh, just felt relieved, and and I was kind of emotional in in Victory Lane there. Uh, thank you, brother. Appreciate it.
2: Listen, they're still That's congratulating
1: him. Yeah, it's a guy in the neighborhood. A guy in the neighborhood just swung by and was yelling at me. That's pretty funny. But uh yeah, it was it was super special. Um you know, long time coming. I've led Blue Gray and March Madness before and never been able to really pull it off and it uh a lot of rel- a lot of relief and and just thinking back at all the per se bad times. Not the uh not the good times
2: like we had yesterday. Yeah, no doubt. You, uh, you debuted the new Longhorn chassis there. that That's kind of been top secret and been in the works for, uh, for a while. And you debuted it this week and all those other guys you were racing around yesterday's probably already had 20 starts or more this year. And you, uh, made your first start this year and put it in victory lane. So you're batting a thousand so far. So how's, <laughs> I mean, that's gotta be pretty cool too. Yeah, it is. Uh,
1: yeah, tell everybody this, you know, I'd love to race speed weeks. Um, it, would, it would be cool to be able to do it once, but, you know, if you're not running points or anything like that, it, uh, it's not a necessity. Um, it, it would be cool to, to to be able to go do that, but the way my race team is set up, we're not really, uh, it's not really in our fold to do that, but it's uh, cool to be able to come right out of the gate in and march and, and really be able to line up with, with Brandon and, Chris Madden and all the other guys that were out there on Sunday and just says a lot about our race team, our program. We, we're proud of it. And, you know, we have the right people in the right places and whether it's a team zero car or a Longhorn, I feel like we have a shot at winning. So it's something to be proud of, but, uh, I think there is some advantages in, in waiting until March to race, but you know, there's, there's positives and negatives to everything. So we just, uh, we were on the good end of it this
0: time. Yeah, probably, I mean, not racing speed weeks. Um, like you said, you'd, you want to do it probably a bucket list thing to do, but I mean, starting out the year, your backyard track, you're familiar with, you know, that's it's, it's a good place to shake down a new race car. It's not like you're learning a racetrack and you kind of know how the characteristics going to be there. And, and it worked out for you.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Like truthfully, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense for me to go somewhere I've never been or somewhere I don't have a lot of experience, you know, especially considering I'd only got, I think I got about 20 laps to test this car the other night. Um, so you you have to be smart nowadays with the way fuel costs and how you're racing in general. But, you know, for me, you know, starting at Gaffney, we know where we need to be to a certain extent. Um, we do know what the track's going to be like, you know, everybody kind of knows that, but, we know what works there, so we kind of took that and applied it to to how we raced and, and how we unloaded. And and even though I was running fifth and we had some circumstances go our way, as you guys know, you got to put yourself in position to be there when that happens. So we just happened to do that, and it uh and it all worked out. And like like you said, being in our backyard, it's it's uh I don't know, it's it's extra special.
0: Yeah, your uh your race strategy, I think I think you said in your interviews you you just rode and the way those races go, I mean, that's, that's probably the best place to be. You're, you know, you're just riding, taking care of your equipment, not, not abusing your tires. And like I said, it worked out for you. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because I've been in a situation where I was leading
1: before. And even when you're leading and you think you're riding, you're still pacing the field. So you're still the fastest car on the racetrack when you're leading the race. You know, you're the one that's determining how far to drive. So everyone behind you has a, has an advantage on that, but this time wasn't, that wasn't the case. So, you know, I watched Michael Brown and, and Marler and Chris, um, they were driving, I wouldn't say super hard, but a little, little harder than I wanted to do. And, and once I realized, like when I fell in line there in fifth and I backed my pace off a lot, I realized the guy up behind me wasn't catching me. Um, so they're not it off even more and and truthfully those first 30 laps i put it around their half throttle even down the straightaways. so it's definitely an advantage because you do know in these races like the blue gray and march madness there's going to be people have flat tires and yes you do want to be in position to to uh take advantage of that but when you're under green flag laps the people behind you if they're not catching you then you can back off as as much as you want especially when there's not multiple grooves so it's an advantage but you know you always hate it for the guy up front but you know it's that's just the way Gackney is during day races you you know you got 10 different ways you can win that race
2: chris i uh don't think i've ever seen anything like this uh in a dirt lake model race but you picked up four percent well maybe there's been a time but it's been, I can't remember, but you picked up four positions basically in one lap under caution on that, uh, on that about 15 to go. Like we said, it sort of fell in your lap. What did you, what did you see there whenever Madden had a flat and went up into Overton and, the, and, of course, the whole world's talking about that. What did you see there from your perspective? Well,
1: uh, it was kind of crazy. You know, I'd, I'd had a couple starts where I would actually get under Brandon uh, because the inside lane was just better because that's the firing car. Um, so in my mind, I was just making sure I was tucked under Chris to, to be ready. If, if the inside row got a little bit of a jump, just to make sure I could get Brandon back and I tucked under him. And, uh, as soon as we went green, I saw Chris's car dart, right? You know, I knew either a flat right rear or right front, something happened because just like that, he was, he was in my vision. And then in a split second, he was. He was uh, no longer there, and and really, it's so hard to tell. You know, when you're on the inside, I'm I'm always looking left to try to, you know, time it and get up under the guy in front of mine's left rear bumper. But uh, really, it's hard to say what happened. But all I know is it all happened all at once, and I picked up one row, and then we're riding around under caution, and I can hear him call security to uh, turn one. I was like, "Wow, that that sounds like it was exciting." I knew whenever Overton didn't make it out of the track, or he didn't make it through the wreck, and Carson was behind me. I was like, "Oh, something happened." And uh, and then as soon as I heard security to the uh, turn one, I was like, "Yeah, something big happened." And then um, as I'm kind of g- gathering my thoughts, because I'm like, "Well, I'm pretty pumped. I'm going to be third on this restart." Uh, I think it was like three laps later. Mike Marlar pulls in. <laughs> I'm like all right well that works out pretty good and but I knew that you know in my mind I watched Mikey and um and and Michael Brown and and they were setting a pretty good pace and and then soon as Mikey pulled in as soon as we went green there I knew Michael when we both fired off I beat Michael out of four I was like oh something's not right you know and uh, sure enough, he had a flat, too. So, you know, I think this kind of made up for all them races that I did have flat tires coming to the white flag, because um, one of them in particular was like 2020 or 2021. I can't remember which one it was. I was coming to uh, coming to the white, and I had a flat, and Big A ended up winning. I think Ross Bells was running second, but him and Ben Watkins, and I, I me coming to the white, I was trying to limp at home, and I think I caused a little bit of melee there, and and Big A ended up winning, and and then the blue-gray that I led all of it, that Chris Madden passed me with six to go, and last year leading all of it, uh, and blowing a tire with two to go, I think uh, those races paid five and ten, ten, uh, two fives and a ten, and, you know, this one paid 20, so maybe I got a little bit of, uh, of, of payback for those.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was there watching the race, and like you said, as far as, you know, setting the pace and everything, like I could tell. Marlar wanted to slow down a little bit. Every time he, you know, he would he'd get out a little bit, and I, you know, signal guys probably gave him, you know, he had a pretty good lead, and then he'd he'd slow down. Then Michael just pressured him, so they kind of pushed each other to to that point. But um, but yeah, that's. You know they always say you better be lucky than good, but like I said, you were you're in you're in the right spot when when all hell broke loose, if we could say. <laughs> I felt
1: like we was on lap 35 for about 45. Oh minutes. Oh my
0: God, we were we were yeah. pacing around like a, I thought we were like five to go, and somebody come hey, we got 15 more. I'm like, God dang. <laughs> it was sort
2: of, it was sort of a nail biter, and I I told you this earlier on the phone, and you agreed with me. So it was like. Well, they threw the two to go signal under green flag, oh, Lord. and you and you got that and went into turn one and two, and then the caution comes out again. So they line you back up, and I'm thinking you're gonna get the green, and then the white, and then the checker. Well, you you took the green and then come around and got two to go again. It's like they added another lap, but that just added that. Uh, I, I know Dude, there were some it, people biting their nails down <laughs> to the nub on that deal.
1: Yeah, and and people really don't even remember this, but that was one point where. I'm a hundred percent sure, like not even ninety nine percent sure. Me and Carson went double foul, like with three to go. Yeah, they... the very first one. And I and I was like, I don't think that's right. And then that's when we ran the uh, we ran a, and I think I got the white flag and the caution come out in one and two. Yep. And then the next one we went single foul, but even though it was a white flag, and then they did a green white checkered. Yeah. And, I, I think Kyle saw me. I actually stuck my arm out coming to his wife. <laughs> you did. And I was like, because in my mind, we took the green and white at the same time because we were on the white flag lap when the caution came out. After, after we were double file or whatever, the, you know, we had – there was so much craziness going on. I didn't really know what was going on. I was just – I was just like, dude, can quick get this damn race over? It was like,
2: <laughs> I thought they it was uh, like, I thought they seemed like you're right. It seemed like they added a couple laps, and then there was no telling how many caution laps riding around that place. and
1: well, that's that's and, one thing that was going through my mind was when we were riding those caution laps, I'm sitting there thinking even though we're pacing you know quarter throttle, this has got to be taking laps off these tires. And oh, if yeah. I was to have if I was to have a flat tire come to the checker and lost that race. I might would have just pulled eye racing move and straight line this thing into the fence. <laughs> <Shooter>
0: fence. <laughs> no, don't do that. This is a brand new race car. Yeah. We don't need to do that. I know. There's no reset. Know, button.
1: Right? <laughs> no reset in real racing. What? <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely ner- nerve wracking and I was just just so happy to get it over with.
0: And your and your cousin didn't didn't take it easy on you. He about got you. Oh yeah,
1: I know. I uh <laughs> I you know people don't even realize this before that lap 35 deal um, I'd, I'd actually drove up Door-to-door with Brandon Overton and and he kind of got a run just enough to clear me and 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 you know pull down right in front of me when he did I had to woe up way more than I expected and dude I seen the 93 on the outside of me. I was like you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I'm like and then he was there for literally a lap before I actually cleared him. I'm like, and that right there completely sealed the race. Because if he would have got by me right there, yeah. I, I 100% think he would have won. But, but you know, in these scenarios where we're double file or, or starting, Carson's a clean driver and he's super respectful. So I knew there wasn't um, nothing stupid going to happen because there are a lot of drivers out there that would pull something. But... Uh, you know, if Carson outruns you, he's going to race hard, but he's, he's going to do it the right way. So yeah. I was a little, a little relieved, but like you said, he didn't make it easy.
2: Yeah. It looked like on those, on those late restarts there, he did, he, you kind of pulled out on him and you probably could tell from maybe looking at the video or whatever, but he really didn't give you much, uh, competition on those late restarts. You kind of had the upper hand, it seemed like and was able to get yeah. away from it.
1: Yeah. At that point in the race. Um, you know, I'd, I, I hate to do this, but you like, you kind of go hard to maybe give yourself a little bit of a, a breathing room. And I wouldn't say particularly hard, just you drive more, I don't know, a little more aggressive than I was the rest of the race. Um, but as soon as I would get that breathing room, I w- my brother would pack, would, would give me the, the big sign. So I'd back it down and it was a little bit of cat and mouse the last, you know, handful of laps and. And I would let off too much, and then the sticks would close up. And then, but there, then I found like a real good pace that I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like I was hurting the tires running that pace. So, and it was comfortably fast enough to kind of keep them, you know, away from me.
0: How hard is it? Like I've I've never drove a race car, but like you said earlier, you know, the first thirty laps, you said you were half throttle or anything like that. How hard is it to make yourself? Oh, you it's, know, just, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to Yeah, it's,
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult because every, you know, the everything in your mind is telling you to go and telling you to, you know, be up there if someone messes up, but at the end of the day, it's, it's gaffing and you have to remember that you got to remember, there's going to be late race caution. There's going to be t- people that are close on tires. So it's a whole different strategy. We both know all three of us have been at, at Gaffney for the Lucas night races and the World of Outlaw night races. That's a whole different deal. Yeah. But it's like a whole different racetrack from the day races. And at the end of the day, I've watched it. We all have watched it. Chris, There's a reason why Chris Madden's won these races. There's a reason why some guys that you would never you know, think of won these races, and it's because they're, they're there at the end, and you just have to tell yourself, You know, if you see the guy behind you is not pressuring you, you just – there's no way you're going to pass him under green flag circumstances. You just have to tell yourself, hey, let me just make this thing last. And and maybe at the end, if I have a little more left than everybody else, I can either get up on the wheel and maybe go for it when there's cautions or if that don't happen, hopefully they have a flat.
2: Coming up more with Chris Ferguson. This is the forward bike podcast on the speed sport podcast network powered by my race pass. Chris, over the, uh, over the off season here, over the past few weeks, you guys, uh, acquired that longhorn chassis, uh, tell, tell, I know I watched your video you put out on, on YouTube. Um, maybe tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about how that came to be and, and, and what led to that decision
1: yeah for sure um a lot of people don't know this but well they see it on my race car but the k&k truck and joe and john galloway they um they live off of exit 68 literally you get off of exit 68 off of 85 and hang a right well if you hang a right it's rockwell yeah if you that's hang right go left, it's china grove and um literally they live maybe six miles from longhorn and um this past winter we kind of we we had some issues kind of getting our cars fixed and ready for for um, this year. You know, we I would have loved to race some of speed weeks, but we just didn't have everything ready. And Brian Shirley had reached out to to uh, Dad, and and we talked about maybe letting him run a run one of our cars for you know a select select speed weeks events and. um that all come about right before we basically got a phone call from our sponsor saying, Hey, we want to see you guys get a longhorn. Um, we'll help you out with it and whatnot. And the timing of that along with selling the car to Brian Shirley and we were down to one car, it all worked out. I made a call and, and, um, you know, talked to the guys at Longhorn and, and, You know, there's a specific way that we kind of built the car, but they did, you know, they built the chassis and the the body and whatnot, but we we kind of assembled it and and it really happened right towards the end of January. Um, So we only had about four weeks to get everything ready for the year, but we got the, both of our Bloomquist cars back. We built the one, like I was going to race it and it ended up Brian Shirley buying it. We had the other car that was just a bare chassis, the car that I usually race at Eldora and Crown Jewels. Um, we got it back, we painted it, and long story short, the Longhorn got was a little bit farther along, so we decided to start with it and see where it's at because we kind of know where we're going to be at with the Team Zero car. So um, well, we wanted to give the Longhorn a go. Has everyone seen? what J.D.'s done and, and Overton and McCready and, and everybody that's been in these cars. It's not just them three. They, they know that they got something going on that's pretty good. So we wanted to give it a shot, just like everything else. Um, it was super difficult because I feel like I've had my best years in the Bloomquist cars, and I've learned so much from Scott that it's, uh, that it's you know, it, it was a difficult decision to even try it. Um But at the end of the day, you kind of got to at least try stuff, you know, to not be stagnant and, and just like every, everything else in in the racing world, if you get complacent, everything will pass you by. So we wanted to try it and we were lucky enough to get a win in the first race.
2: Yeah. I think it obviously paid off there yesterday. I, I think. I think that it was probably the best kept secret in all of late model racing that you got that car, <laughs> and 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 kudos yeah. to y'all for for pulling that off. I didn't somebody. I didn't
0: even know, and I go to Longhorn all the time. Well, I, I don't even I didn't even
2: know. No, I go to Longhorn too a week on a weekly basis, and and they 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 talk and they tell me kind of what's going on, but obviously I would never spill the beans, you know, to anybody. But but they told but if there's any truth to this, I don't know. But they said that. Uh, that you, that that car that they built for you, they built it under some alias like Mike Honcho or something, and and, you, and you showed up. They're like you showed up in the middle of the night to to, to pick it well, up was when everybody here, wasn't
1: there. I, I really did pick it up at night, and it wasn't it wasn't because because we were trying to hide it from anybody, but literally don't lie, Brandon, don't lie well listen, y'all know this. Dad, Brandon, Taple all work full time jobs. And I texted Steve and I said hey is there any way we can wait till like six o'clock to come get that car that way everybody's off work and we can all ride up there together and he was like yeah that's fine all the guys are, are gonna be gone and uh, so it actually worked out like that but it wasn't like we, we didn't show up at <laughs> two in the morning it was literally right after the work work day ended and but it, it was kind of um it was kind of you know held under not seekers but you know I I talked to Steve and I told him about my sponsors that live up there and they wanted to come visit with them. And, and, um, so, you know, basically when I first went up there and talked to Steve, they, they come with me and we met him, you know, in the afternoon one day and and just kind of talked about everything. And at that point I didn't know if we were going to do it or not, but you know, they, they told me uh, literally the next day, they were like, Hey, get one on order. And, and, uh, yeah, they did, and I guess they didn't put my name on
2: it. But <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I, I didn't really. I don't know if I may have told them that, but I maybe I don't know if I did or not. I don't
2: think I did, but maybe they did. I think it just adds to the to this the isn't... to the of the story. Yeah,
0: I heard they had you know they opened the gate, come in, locked the gate when he picked the car up, and, you know, turned <laughs> yeah. all the lights
2: off at the shop. They turned the lights had, off. They had
0: flashlights, loading everything up. It was just gonna <laughs> add to. It I was just add to. It. Told the story it's
1: it literally sounds like i've been hanging out at scott's too long <laughs>
2: <laughs> i wouldn't be so surprised to see scott picking one up here before much longer
0: <laughs> you never know so you, you talk about you know we all seen what you you've done in the in the bloomer cards and stuff like that and you know you've you've got a relationship with scott and you said you've learned a lot but i mean that stuff i mean you know, everybody says a race car is a race car, but some of the stuff that he's taught you, I mean, that's got to transfer into almost anything that you do, any kind of race car, just in general racing. I mean, is that – kind? Of, you said you wanted to do stuff different to this one than what, you know, everybody else's longhorns. I mean, is that a little bit of that?
1: A hundred percent is. You know, part of the reason why – well, actually, the, the main reason why was, we've been pretty successful in his cars was – Scott really not only helped us learn when it come to the race car, but also tires, you know, the engine, engine tuning, driving, uh, rear ends, drive line, uh, shock springs, ideas, the, the way you think about a race car and the way you adjust at the track. And truthfully to this day, like me and dad have talked about it, you know, didn't have to do any of that stuff for us, but You know, he he wanted to see me successful in his cars. And when I first got in them and and even up until last, you know, this year, he's always been an open notebook to me. And the same thing has been reciprocated. Every time I've been somewhere and run good, uh, I've always, we've always been open notebook, whatever, whatever we're on, we'll tell Scott. Um, And it's just, when I left Rocket to go to Scott's cars, uh, you know, I, I think dad had a conversation with Steve Baker about it and basically Steve told dad, he was like, man, if Scott's willing to help you and learn, then, then there's not who else better to learn from in early moderation. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I, in my opinion, that's what kind of helped elevate me to a level where I could win in different parts of the country. I always felt like I was good in the Southeast, but when I really started traveling and and going to different racetracks and having um, the experience, you know, that Scott, and even when I was first in their cars, Cody Mallory and um, and Shane McDowell also, you know, Shane was, they've always been super good to me. And, and to this day, we're still on Fox shocks. And, and part of the reason why we stayed with them was because of our relationship with Shane and, and uh and those guys and man it's just i don't know it's just so many things they taught us over the years that uh 100 is the reason why we're going to be successful in anything that we're we're going to be driving so i just uh not a lot of people get that chance I, I do know how lucky i am to be able to work with someone like that um and i'm very very grateful for it and you know when Scott calls, You know, my phone always be, I'll always answer, And you know, whether he needs help or if he needs, you know, a crew guy or something, I'll always be there to help him no matter what.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, man, when you won that race yesterday, I just couldn't help but uh, just, I was overwhelmed, and I'm sure you were too, by just the massive crowd that showed up there in Victory Lane. You've got a lot of supporters (laughs) that were there yesterday, and we're so happy for you to win that race. And even I was able to come down and, grabbed a picture with you there, and that was cool. And, I mean, just talk about talk about all the fans and the and the support you've got right there at Cherokee Speedway.
1: Man, it's just, you know, I really feel like those fans and, and the people of Cherokee Speedway. Tony Adair, you know, runs the track, and, and Tony raced with my dad when I was, you know, eight, seven, six years old. Um, I feel like the majority of people there have – either saw me racing since I was, you know, 16 years old and they watched me grow up running the big 10 series at Cherokee Speedway in Carolina. They see me run Carolina Clash there. They've seen me run ultimate Southern all-stars. Um, and then not just that, but when I was a kid growing up there with my dad racing, I just feel like that place is the second home. Um, and I've always really supported that place and and really gave a lot to it and it's, it's it's gave a lot back it's taken a little bit but it's gave it's gave a lot back and I really think the fans see that side of things because they have followed along for so long and and when I win I think they're you know it's really cool to have their emotions and to have their support through all of that you know it's it's a lot, man. You see a lot of guys win, and there's not a big crowd down there. But every time I do, especially when it's close to home, it's like there's a lot of people that feel like they won too. So I'm just super grateful for that.
0: Yeah, when I was down in the infield watching everything, you crossed the finish line. I mean, the the whole front straightaway. I mean, they erupted. They were they were pumped. <laughs> that place is one when one of their you know when their guy wins, they oh, they yeah. show it. They show it big time. And yesterday was one of those days. Yeah, it's
1: uh, it's super cool. Like you know, I I tell everybody this. It it never you never get tired of hearing cheers, you know, and every once in a while you you like hearing booze because that means you're doing something right. So yeah, I that uh, is true. but I'll be honest with you, man. I honestly think that a lot of them fans cheered for me, even the ones that maybe not that are not a huge fan or a you know a diehard fan. I think they they cheered for me because last year with that race and the blue grays and the other races that I've led and, and something happened in the end. I mean, I'm sure you probably remember and Kyle probably remembers there was a race, a Lucas soul race that I led there. And when JD had his big career year in the six six car, he slid me with like three to go. And, uh, and I just seem like every time (laughs) I've, I've had a shot at winning one of the marquee events there, something's happened. So I think, uh, there was a lot of fans there. that was just, glad to see me get it done
2: finally yeah i remember that race you're talking about there that lucas oil race you uh the next night you ran at smoky mountain and you rode up there with us and <laughs> slept the whole time up there and you were pretty down and out about yourself that next day and i just i just remember this just from just from just from that and then you went up there and set fast time and started on the, know, pole at smoky mountain the next day and then lost that race randy too. weaver yeah. randy
1: weaver passed me Hey, thanks for the, the fun go, I just man. remember. I just remember go, you riding I
0: with were, us. Hey, he's a, he's a race winner. You we had brought to him stop,
2: down. We had to stop at Burger King and get you a get you a bacon cheeseburger with no with no, no a lettuce some <laughs> some French
1: fries. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but
0: so uh, what what do we got for the rest of the year? You know, first race out, we twenty thousand. We're gonna continue every race. We're gonna win.
1: Man, I don't know. I just – this. I am going to a little bit of an unfamiliar track, which is going to be kind of surprising to say. I'll be at Smoky Mountain in two weeks on Thursday, and then also Boyd's. And Boyd's is a place that I've never been to. So, um, I'm being realistic. You know, I do want to go up there and run good and contend for wins. That's always the goal. But, you know, this still is a new car, and we're still going to be learning what – you know, what – the ins and outs of it and what not to do and do so truthfully i i uh i feel like when i'm going to the bigger races this year and and my schedules we just released it a few weeks ago but we're gonna hit all the crown jewels that we can and and you know at this point in my racing career i feel like when i show up at those races um you know i want to contend for wins i don't i don't i feel like i'm I'm not going to say past it because anybody can miss the show. But when I get in those races, like you always want to take advantage of starting up front and being in contention to win those crown jewels. And I've, I've been doing it for a couple of years. So realistically, I just, I hope to get a few more big wins this year. Um, I'd love to say that I could get on a tear, uh, but it's one of those things. I don't think I race enough to, to per se do that, but if I can go and, and contend at the Show Me One Hundred and, and The Dream One Hundred and all these other races, I'll I'll be you know, tickled to death.
2: Yeah, you've got a big time schedule out. I, I was I was looking at it and anybody listening to this can go to your website and everything and see where you're gonna be next. But it's uh I mean there's not no small races that you're that you're planning to tackle in twenty twenty three. So I wish you a lot of luck on all of those and I think uh I don't think you're done winning this year for sure.
0: No. no. I think yeah, I think you're gonna have a good
2: year this year.
1: I hope so, man. I've uh, we've had a lot of guys that work really hard, and and you guys know them, my brother and and Tadpole and Dad and and um, Zach, Trey, Derek, Tyler, all these guys, man. You know, there's a reason why we're we're able to show up and contend, and a lot of it's being prepared, and that's something I didn't have for a long time in my career, but we have it now, and and uh, I just hope that we can contend for a few more big ones
2: absolutely chris well i'll uh we'll be uh looking for you up at the uh, volunteer speedway that would be the next race i'll probably go to unless unless something changes but i'm looking forward to that a hundred thousand dollars on the line up there i guess give me a quick little preview of that and we'll wrap this up
1: i'm just tickled man i've I've always ran pretty good at bull's gap i won a maybe a six thousand win show there one time and ran second to uh Maybe it was Jimmy Owens once or twice and a couple of Lucas races. I run good in them. And I don't know. It's just a place I've kind of had a knack for. But um, just really looking forward to having that kind of money this early in the season. You know, 100 grand is nothing to joke about. That's for the longest time that was Eldora money, you know. So yeah. um, I'm excited to race in it. You know, everybody knows Bulls Gap's exciting, but I think when you put a hundred grand on the line, it's, it's going to be even bigger.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a good race. It's going
2: to be the, it's, it'll literally, literally be the biggest dirt race in the history of the state of Tennessee. And I can't wait to see it for sure. I think it's going to, I think it's going to turn some heads. There'll be a lot of, a lot of fans there and a lot of race cars, and it'll really be something to see. Looking forward to that one coming up. We'll talk more about that on here as it gets closer, but Chris, I know you're, Standing around there, it's wash day there at the shop. And uh, I know you've got a, another podcast to do after this. And we, You know, our buddies, Chicken Bowl alley they've got you lined up tonight. And we'll give them guys a shout-out. So when you get done listening to this, go listen to them guys. But uh, thank all your sponsors there before we turn you loose.
1: Well, we timed this just about perfect because <laughs> I can read the side of the race car right now. Uh, <laughs> I like to thank Live Oak Family Dentistry, Trend Machining, Spartan Transportation, K&K Trucking. Heckles Plumbing, The Race and Warehouse, Count On It Construction, Carolina Roofing and Gutters, uh, Go Lithium, Dynamic Custom Metalwork, uh, Western Cleanup Service, Patriot Meat Processing, Rosewood Assisted Living, Vincent Sims Construction, um, International Express, Schaefer's Racing Oil, uh, Doug Smith and everybody at Schaefer's, um, Sweet Victory, WR1, Wheeler Metals, Majula C, Bowtile in Service, and everybody else on the car, all the product sponsors, and SRI, Stock Car Steel, um, just Bell Helmets, K1 Race Gear, every, everybody that's a part of this team, I'm just super thankful for, and, and uh, thankful for, uh, for all my crew and family and everybody that supports us.
0: Yeah, uh, give your uh, girlfriend a, a thank you. She was giving me up to date uh, what was going on in turn one uh, down there. In the yeah, I, I, everything <laughs> was going on. She gets on the phone, calls her dad who was watching at home and was giving us play by plays of what was going on. So tell her thank you for that. <laughs> I'll make
1: sure to tell her she had a good uh, she had a good spot over there in turn one. So I think everyone got a good show.
2: She was she had a front row for that little for that little bit of action down there between. <laughs> The 44 and the 76 yeah. for sure.
1: I know. I told her she could have went viral on TikTok. She would have recorded it. Yeah. yeah. I think someone else beat her the punch. No, yeah. that
2: was definitely been viral. last time I looked at that video on Facebook, it's got like 177 thousand views. Hey, I want to know what do you, what do you
1: guys it. think about what do you guys think about the chest pumping?
0: <laughs> I, I thought man, it was pretty I, wild.
2: I need to be trying to be
0: political here yeah it was kind of listen it's kind of
1: funny it's it's funny
0: it's just like if you're gonna do that and whoever it is (laughs) i don't it it might be you and somebody else but if you get out of the race car and you get in somebody's face i mean either you need to throw a punch or you're gonna get your dome rocked and it was just you get out we start bumping bellies and everything else i love (laughs) I i love overton and
1: I do too. I like Chris and 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 Brandon over there, but it was it was it was all, if you could just take the. The volume off the video, and maybe someone will uh, do some memes with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it would make make, li- make light
0: of a, of a Yeah, what? Sponction? I've already saw
2: one. Somebody sent me that. They, they had, like, lightsabers from Star Wars in their hands. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'll have to send you that. I laughed. Uh-oh. That was Jason Kurd that sent that to me. So shout out to him. I don't know where he got it, but I saw it. And... I mean, we had
0: it all yesterday. I mean, we had... Uh, belly bumping, yeah. flat tires. It is <laughs> yeah. crazy. But, no, to be honest. Hey, it's a typical day at the place your mama, place warned, you your mama warned you about. Exactly. the place your mama warned you we about. We finally
2: got that in on this. <laughs> but Man, I, I think it's i think it's good for the sport, you know. I think a lot of eyes are on that, and a lot of people are going to want to show up the next time those two race each other. You, you know, we, we well, get – we get action that's like tough. that all the time, like at a place like Bowman Gray or something. It's nothing but – and they're late model It racing? shows
1: they care. Yeah, that's the, you know, th- it. Just, it shows they care.
2: That's the thing. I, I think, I mean, it,
0: all of us out here, whether, you know, on my side of, you know, building shocks, you're a racer, you know, everybody out there, we put 110% into everything that we do. And then, you know, that just – shows everybody like, man, we're we're giving everything we got and when something doesn't go right or you feel like you did something dirty to you, you know, you, you take it to take it to heart and you, you gotta let your feelings out. So I, I, I like it. I mean it's it shows the passion that we all have for the sport. So And
2: and since we're still on it I can't really understand what Chris was so mad about Madden because really and truly he caused it. And then he yeah. wanted to go over there and and, and say whatever he said but i i couldn't understand why he was mad about it he's the one that had the flat tire
1: i think sometimes it's hard to you know you're in the heat of the moment and you don't really get to watch it from another perspective and a lot of problems could probably be solved by just cooling down first and then and then (laughs) seeing what happened you know
0: Yep, for
2: sure
1: that's just that's heat of the moment you know
2: you know what too i just now thought of this as we're talking about it Dwayne Hommel was there yesterday and he he was involved in a little altercation there at the very first annual oh, March oh, yeah. Madness like yeah. twenty years ago. And he got to be there yesterday and I'm sure he saw all that too and he was thinking, Man, nothing's changed. <laughs> nothing's Chris changed. Madden's <laughs> yeah, still nothing's Chris changed. Madden's still down here getting into altercations. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So, that's pretty good actually.
2: But I, I and I and and adam already did but i want to give a shout out to your girlfriend jenna too because we were down at uh, golden isles speedway there at brunswick a few weeks ago and my phone battery literally was about to die and she let me plug my phone in there in the trailer and that, that saved my day so <laughs> shout out to her she's a keeper. i'm telling you man yeah you sure. need
0: you some good race gear go go check her out sweet victory yeah. she's got a i like it it's a it's a nice product it's better well, than any of that stuff we put out, ain't it? Yes. <laughs> I, was, I, was, Adam, I, I didn't have. I'm not wearing my hat. Today. I was looking to see
2: what kind of hat Adam had I on. A lot of times he's got a sweet victory hat. I do have hat. a sweet victory
0: hat. I do, and I wear it from time to time. I sure do.
2: All right, Chris. Well, I enjoyed this, and I think a lot of the listeners will enjoy it. And uh, man, we definitely appreciate it. And don't be a stranger to us. We'll we'll line you up and have this again sometime soon. And uh, keep going out there and winning races and. Uh, um, a, and, and best of luck this season and i know uh, i know you're gonna have a good 2023 for sure so uh, thanks again for being on the show tonight awesome
1: man thank
0: you guys for having me all right
2: see you that was chris ferguson here on the forward bike podcast another episode of the forward bike podcast is in the books for this week i'm kyle armstrong for adam logan we'll see you next week